Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of his word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Hi, friends. Welcome to You Can Tell the Children, a Bible to School podcast focused on equipping you to tell the children in your life about Jesus. Today, it's as if you're entering into a forensic lab with Dr. Jen Rivera from Answers in Genesis, as she helps you uncover the truth that science confirms the Bible. Did you know that biological gender is visible through our skeleton? How amazing is it to look at our bones and see God's design and forethought? You'll love hearing Corey talk to Dr. Rivera about two key bones that reflect and confirm what we see in God's word, that he created us, male and female. Before leaving today, be sure to jump over to our website at BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible2School.com and click on the resources tab to find the show notes from this episode. Dr. Rivera mentioned some helpful resources you'll want to connect with here. While you're there, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. You'll also want to click over to our Bible to School at Home under that same resource tab. This is where you'll find a link to Answers in Genesis that will hook you up with a whole list of amazing at-home science experiments that your kids are sure to love. Ready to dig into science and learn something new? Let's join Dr. Rivera and Corey's conversation now. Well, Dr. Rivera, it's so good to see you today again. We had talked to you last year around this time, and I learned so much, and everybody did too. So we are excited to have you uh, to talk about how science and the book of Genesis, science is all through there. And we're so excited to have you, Jennifer. Yes, thank you so much, Corey. I'm excited to be back today, telling you a little bit more about what we're doing here at Answers in Genesis and uh, giving you some insight into one of the articles I wrote as well. What we find is, you know, that science always confirms the Bible and that that is what's foundational all throughout the programs uh, and all of our teaching here at Answers in Genesis. I love talking to you. I always get smarter when I talk to you. You know that. So for those who don't know you, uh, and we have a lot of new listeners, I told you we have a couple hundred a month that keep coming on. So it's very exciting, but they don't know about you and your family. So can you tell us a little bit about you and your family? Yes. I've been married to my husband, Michael, for 26 years now. We have four beautiful daughters and our, uh, we just had our very first granddaughter born. Uh, She's about five weeks old now. I just got to babysit her all weekend and she is just precious. So we're just really excited to be grandparents and enter that phase of life. And, you know, everyone always told me how wonderful it was to be a grandparent, but I didn't really understand it until I became one because you can just love and spoil that baby and then go home. (laughs) (laughs) And go home and get some sleep, right? (laughs) Yes, and that is is fantastic. So uh, we're just thrilled about that. So well, exciting, you know, to see how many other grandchildren God blesses us with. But I I do have one now, so. Congratulations. uh, That is wonderful. I did see on your website that you mentioned that you have your most unusual vacation. Can you share with us about your most unusual vacation? Yeah. So my eldest daughter, she, her dream was to go to Alaska. And so she said, Hey mom, you know, would you go with me? And so her and I went uh, last February 
And we actually went up to the Arctic Circle. So that was uh, wow. pretty amazing. And so we actually took a train through Alaska. And then we got on this little tiny plane because where the place we stayed at, the lodge is only accessible via plane. You can't drive there. So we took on this little tiny plane, charter plane that took us over to this really cute lodge above the Arctic Circle. It's literally on the road where that ice trucker show passes through. I've never oh, really yeah. watched that TV show, but <laughs> they told us that, hey, that road is the ice trucker road uh, mm. that apparently they travel on. But we were, we went dog sledding up there. We went snowmobiling uh, through the woods. And it was just one of those experiences that was like once in a lifetime. So highly wow. recommend it. It was and just you, so much fun. Did you see the Northern Lights then? We did. Mm -hmm. oh. And so what's great about the lodges, because it was negative 30 one night and literally your phone would freeze within 10 minutes. So even trying to get pictures outside was challenging, but they would actually, you know, they had a, someone who would go check on the lights and would come in and tell us when it was time to go out. So that was really nice oh. too. You didn't have to stand out there. So it, wow. was, uh, it was, it was quite a unique experience. Yeah. That's guest hospitality. That's really cool. Very yes, cool. Yes, it was. Yes. So Let's talk about your specialty, and that is you are go to Answers in Genesis as the organization, and you have the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. Uh, mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know, tell us about these places and tell us what you do there, Jennifer. Yes, yeah, so I'm the Director of Educational Programs for Answers in Genesis, and we have educational programming available at both of our locations. Uh, so we have the Creation Museum, which was the first attraction. And then uh, about six years ago, we opened the Ark Encounter, which is about 40 minutes south of the Creation Museum, where we have a biblical-sized Noah's Ark for people to actually literally walk through. And there's teaching exhibits, and you get an idea of, well, how did Noah and his you know family members, how were they able to actually do this? Like, how did they, did they have room for all the animals? How did they store their food? And so based on what we read in the Bible, we, you know, obviously have to apply a certain amount of artistic interpretation to that, but we have this beautiful Ark Encounter. I think the first thing that everyone says, and Corey, you can probably relate to this, is when people walk, get there and they go, I had no idea it was so big. So I always encourage people to that's the first thing. That's the first thing I yes. said. Yes, it's huge. Yes. It's huge. Yes. But so you just don't realize till you see it and get to walk through it. Of course, everything is presented through the lens of God's word. And I think one thing that's unique at the Creation Museum and at the Ark Encounter is that we do present all of our exhibits from a creationist standpoint and an evolutionary standpoint. You know, we let you see what both sides say. And here's what scripture says, right? And so really, well, I think it's one of the most positive comments we get is that wow, I've never seen a museum that presents both sides before. You know, because if you go to a secular museum, they're not going to give you the creationist side. But we're not afraid to do that here. And what I love about that, Jennifer, is that that's how we talk to our kids. We can't just say one side because they're getting the other side somewhere else. Exactly. So you might as well yes. talk about both sides and really mm -hmm. give them the knowledge that they need to know to make decisions and to be informed. Absolutely. Yeah, so what, what we observe in nature clearly confirms what we see in God's word. Mm -hmm. So what do you do for the children at the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter? What, what is yes, your... Yes, we have programs every single day, pretty much except Sundays. Even on Sundays, we have a couple animal encounters. We have a lot of animal shows. I would say 
kids love animals, people love animals. So there's a lot of great animal programs all presented through the lens of God's word. We also have what's called our Discover programs, uh, where we have a one-hour program, which are free for guests coming to the Creation Museum. And we have them on all different types of science topics. I have about five that I present uh, with a focus on forensic science, because that's my specialty. But we have dinosaurs, you know, and we have scripture programs and all of them engaging, hands-on, a lot of fun. I think our popular dinosaur programs as well that we offer. But these programs are going on all the time, year-round, and we actually have the schedule online. So if people are coming to visit, they can go check online and say, you know, click on things to do and then see what actually is going to be happening uh, the day that they're visiting either the Ark Encounter or the Creation Museum. So at, at Bible to School, our goal is to teach the Bible to children and then they're attending public school. That's kind of our niche in simple, easy, and fun ways. And like you said, hands-on, relatable, memorable. We actually teach mm -hmm. them a rhyme in second grade that begins with the phrase, God's Holy Bible. And we walk them through interactively how to remember all the stories that they learn all through the year. We love teaching God's word that way, that how it relates to their lives today. And it sounds like you offer activities in the museum and the Ark Encounter just filled with stories that kids can relate to and say, wow. Yes. So we have a variety of programs. So if you want to register for your child, like a one-day program that we have here and at the Ark Encounter, both locations, they're called Explore Programs. So we have Explore Junior for uh, the smaller children, ages five to 10, where parents and grandparents actually attend with their child. They get to participate in all the activities with their children, and they just absolutely love doing that. And we have those in all different types of science topics. And we also have Explore Days for our kids, 11 to 18. And we just started our exploration program for big kids, we like to say. Anyone over the age of 18 through 99 get to come to these programs. Uh, we had so many adults who kept asking, hey, I want to I want to have fun like the kids do. You know, I want to do science and mm -hmm. learn about the Bible. So uh, we started the adult program and it was quite popular. So we had forensic exploration in the spring and it was sold out. Adults got to solve a big forensics case and they just had a blast. So we're excited to offer this new branch uh, to our educational programs because, you know, there's many adults who aren't equipped with the truth of God's word as well. So we felt not only the kids, but let's, let's teach to the parents as well. And so they've all been extremely popular. Another thing we do offer too is our high school lab program. So for those, you know, especially homeschool parents who maybe struggle with offering a science lab at home, we do have a science lab here at the Creation Museum and at the Ark Encounter. And we do offer five different science labs at both locations. We have summer intensives as well as year-round labs, and they can get all the information about that on our website. Wow. That's all I've got to say is, wow, you guys have co covered everything. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. Who made me? Who did make us? In our spiritual core, all of us have a desire to know our Creator. Our children are no different. What an awesome and tremendous opportunity we have to introduce our children to God who created them, loves them, and wants to have a relationship with them. When the child in your life asks a question like this, explore the Psalms, praise God for His creative works, celebrate what makes them special, and thank God for creating the world and everything in it, including us. Speaking of wow, I came across an article that you wrote that kind of wowed me, and I'd love to talk about it with our listeners today. You wrote about the gender of bones. 
Is it really true that biological gender is visible through a skeleton? Yes. And so that's actually one of the tools that we use in forensic anthropology. So when we're working a crime scene unit, we come across bones. You learn special techniques that you can use to identify the gender because that's really important. That's one of the first major steps is determining if it's male or female. And what's interesting is when we look at the skeleton, we can actually see God's design and forethought present there. You know, and as I said, science always confirms the Bible. How has that happened? Right. I know. So when we take a look at it, um, I would say there's two key bones. When I say bones and I, I refer to the skull, just be aware there are several bones in the skull, but I'm just referring to the skull as when I just say the skull, I'm just going to say the skull, but just know that's many bones. But when we look at the skull, we find distinct differences between male and female in the shape of the eye orbit. Uh, men have a very pronounced, what we say, mandible versus females that don't. They have a very pronounced brow ridge, where, whereas female skeletons don't. So what we see when we look at the female skeleton, it's just, I would say a lot of its features are just softer. They're just not as prominent. Whereas yeah. in males, it's more like blocky, more pronounced. And I would say the most valuable bone that we have though, is the pelvis. The pelvis. And when we take a look at the pelvis, the pelvis, and once again, we're talking about many bones, all right, that make up the pelvis. But when we look at the overall pelvis, we see very clearly that there is what we call an opening that is more rounder and a little bit flatter. And interestingly enough, and I always point this out to people who come to our programs here, because I actually have a male and female pelvis I hold up in the program. And I say, take a look at this. Now, what do women do that men will never be able to do? What do you think, Corey? Oh, well, I already know that because I have three babies. So yes, <laughs> yes definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have because a of child, yes, because of childbirth, we can take a look at the opening on the female pelvis and see how it is much wider. It is much rounder. It doesn't have the sacrum that kind of wraps around the back, causing a smaller outlet that we see in the male pelvis. And we can see God's clear design in just the pelvis that he created women for childbirth. And not only that, you can take a look at other features of the pelvis, like the pubic arch or the actual ilium, which are like the hip bones that stick out. And you can take a look at those and you can see right away, oh, wow, those are folded, like formed differently in the female to support extra weight, which we would see during childbirth, right? Yes, and there was extra weight during childbirth. (laughs) Although, yeah, I was, you really try to figure that out. Like when you, when you gain that weight, you know, holding that baby. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, Genesis 127 clearly says that God created just two genders. You know, he created males and females mm-hmm. and we can take a look at the skeleton and clearly see that, yes, you know, God created a specific design for the purposes he had designed for them as well. And though we are both equal image bearers of the creator God, the overall structure of our skeleton clearly testifies that we are two distinct genders. Even in the overall skeleton of a male, we find it's about, you know, it's larger. Their ribs are about 10% larger in volume. All of these clues that we can look at and we can you know, at least get an idea of what gender, you know, that person may have been when they were alive. And that can be very helpful when you're trying to determine identity of someone. Well, that I, you're saying about police work that is used in this is actually this bone gender idea is that you're it's used in police work already. This is nothing new, right? Exactly. It's something that we use already because we do see these clear differences. It just reflects and confirms exactly what we see in God's word. You know, God says, I made you male and female. And sure enough, we can just look at our skeletal structure and see that distinct difference. And one of the things I always like to point out, and people always find this interesting, is 
we see the account in Genesis where, you know, God clearly describes the creation of Eve. You know, the Bible tells us that he put Adam to sleep and he took one of Adam's ribs and he formed Eve. And so a lot of people assume that men have one less rib than women. And I actually have people who come in my program and ask me because their church has taught them that men have one less rib than women because of what the Bible says. But men and women have the same number of ribs. Right? We both have 12 sets or 24 ribs. But what's really amazing about the rib, and you know, we don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us, right? We can only really know what God's word clearly says. And God's word clearly tells us, you know, that he took the rib. And we don't know, did God replace Adam's rib? He could have. We don't That's know. Right, the he Bible doesn't tell us. We, yeah. right. Did Adam live without it? He could have. He's God. We, we don't know. But what we do know today is that the rib is a special bone that regenerates itself in two to four months. So really? I think it's pretty fascinating that the one bone that God used to create Eve is the exact bone that he also created us with the ability to regenerate. So I think that's really cool. We don't know if Adam's yeah. bone regenerated. The Bible doesn't say, uh, but I think that's pretty neat. That's oh, just yeah. one of the cool things that one of the many cool things you can learn here uh, at the creation museum and the Ark encounter. That is a good question though. Did, you know, did, did we have, how many ribs does, does a man have and a woman have? I, I get where they're coming from. Right. But you you work with kids a lot in all, all these classes that you do at the uh, Ark Encounter mm -hmm. and the Creation Museum. Working with kids, I'm sure you've had some really good questions. Can you think of any that you want to share with us and some answers maybe that that we would be in, oh, that yeah. we would enjoy? Because most of our programs focus on science because we are a science museum and and we believe that science confirms the Bible absolutely. So a lot of the kids are interested in science, you know, who come through these different workshops and things that we offer. And one of the common questions that we get is, well, I want to be a scientist. You know, is it going to be really difficult for me? Like, you know, because so many scientists are evolutionists and that is, is that's a yeah. fact. They also ask, well, you know, is, is being a paleontologist going to be more difficult than maybe another discipline? Because a lot of kids want to be, you know, dinosaur fossil hunters, right? They have these mm -hmm. dreams of going out and, and oh, looking yeah. for dinosaurs. We, we had birthday parties of dinosaurs when yes, we were kids, when my kid kids boys were love kids. Dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> and even if they want to be a paleontologist, they usually say, well, I want to look for dinosaurs. And we always tell them, you know, yes, all right, it may be a little more challenging for you, um, you know, because all of the educational programs for that are, you know, degree programs are going to be at secular universities. And, you know, they're going to challenge uh, the belief system that you do have. You know, if you believe in the biblical authority of God's word and that we're only about 6,000 years old, then they're going to, you know, it's going might be a little more difficult, especially in geology as well, because we can look at the layers of the earth and, you know, geologists would say, oh, there's evidence of millions of years of layering. But we say, no, that's just evidence of a global flood about 4,500 years ago, right? Because we've seen, you know, layers forming quickly since then. We can observe that in nature. So we know the earth is not an old earth, right? But it's a very young earth. You know, I think it's just good for kids to know that, you know, even if you want to be a geologist, a geologist or a paleontologist or a forensic scientist, right? Or, or a chemist or a biologist, um, it's important to realize that, you know, that's God's plan for your life and you're following his will and his direction. He will open those doors that are necessary, right? For them to mm -hmm. fulfill those degrees that they may have a dream of. I always say, don't let that stop you. If you love that particular field, go pursue it, but don't compromise what you believe in the authority of God's word. And that is the key, I believe, with, with any child who wants to become a scientist. 
Yeah, and don't be intimidated at all by mm-hmm. uh, the world because, you know, at one time science thought that the, the world was flat. <laughs> so, you know, exactly. you know, yes. so uh, we really do need to uh, keep discovering and keep being in the Word of God and being in that truth. And you and I have talked about how important truth is for children, especially because they're being bombarded with other things, uh, you know, uh, counterfeit, I would say. And I love how you all get to use science to prove the Bible, to prove something that we already know is true, that God, the creator, can create these things and even a regenerated rib that he did. And, mm-hmm. I, and God has kind of a sense of humor, I think, and he, yes. when, when we discover these things. And I love that you're able to put this all together so that we can understand it and defend our faith and just explain and kindly educate others uh, mm-hmm. around us about it. So we really appreciate this, Jennifer, that you're willing to talk with us today. I was taking, I'm taking notes and we'll be talking to my friends about this as well. But can you tell us, is there any other thing you wanted to share with uh, our listeners about science or about how to approach kids with, with these kind of things? I always say, approach them with God's word. You know, that is our only source of truth. Uh, it is also a history book. The Bible is. It's the only perfect history book. And so you can't go wrong if you start with a perfect source of truth. And there's nothing better than God's word. Right? That's the only truth we have. So whenever kids have a question about science, I mean, it's important to realize that the Bible is not a science textbook, but it's the lens upon which we view and study science. And so if they have a question, take them back to God's word. And I always say, if, you know, if you're not sure how to answer a question, go to answersgenesis.org. We have a search engine. We have articles there for you. We have a whole kids website for you. We have resources. We have answers.tv that has over 6,000 educational science conference programs for only $39. I mean, we are, that is what we exist for is to equip people to defend their faith. So if your kids ask you a question, like, you know, I just not, I don't know how to answer this, go to God's word, and then go check out article or something that we may have about that on our website. And that could really help you speak truth into the lives of your kids. You know, we, we don't need evidence to prove, you know, that God is real or that God exists. His Bible clearly tells us and his word is sufficient. But what we see is that we have confirmation, right? That God yes. exists. Science confirms the Bible. That's, we don't want everyone to use the word evidence. We don't need evidence because God says his word is true and that is enough. But what we see when we study science is that it clearly confirms exactly what he says. And that's what's so important for kids to realize. I love that. Thank you, Jennifer, for being with us. Would you mind ending us in prayer? And by the Not way, I do all. I do feel so much smarter right now. So I just want to know. Excellent. Do Very too. good. <laughs> thank you. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to speak to these families today. And I just want to uplift Corey and her ministry today, her podcast. We praise you that she's getting that many more listeners who can just dive into your word and just hear truth, which is just so absent uh, in today's culture. And we just pray for Bible to School as well as they're reaching out to these kids, that you just expand that ministry, give them more opportunities, continue to bless them, open doors uh, that may be closed so that they can plant these seeds of truth in these lives of kids. And they've already seen kids' lives changed because of it and just the testimonies that she's hearing. So we just praise you so much for that. And we just pray that you be with each of these families as they boldly stand on the word of truth and speak truth into the lives of their kids, that they remind them that science does confirm the Bible and 
that they use God's word as their starting point and their lens throughout their entire lives. And so we just give you the honor and glory in everything we do. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, I just loved listening into this episode and how fun to learn that our ribs are the one bone in our body that regenerate. There's our God of details showing up in an awesome way yet again. And I'm so thankful for the reminder that we don't need evidence to prove that God is real. His word is sufficient and science confirms this. Dr. Rivera mentioned how the Bible is not a textbook, but it is the lens from which we view and study science. How can you use science to speak truth into the lives of the kids in your circle of influence? If they ask you a question that you just can't answer, even after bringing it to the Word of God, hop on over to Answers in Genesis and check out their search engine. They have lots of resources to choose from that can help equip you and your family on your faith journey. You'll find everything you heard mentioned in today's episode by logging on to Bible2School.com. That's Bible2School.com clicking on the resources tab, and then scrolling down to the show notes for episode 73. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe to You Can Tell the Children anywhere you listen to podcasts and on your social media platforms. Share us too. We're a nationwide program excited to expand wherever the Lord leads. Ready to say yes to a new thing in 2023? Why not get involved with the Bible to School near you? Just go to our website, bible2school.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We'll be so happy to connect you to an existing program or talk about bringing this ministry to a public school near you. Well, that's it for now, friends, but be sure to head back here next week to hear from Cindy Baltima, founder of GEMS, who will talk to us about growing strong, secure, and confident in Christ. Until then, remember, you can tell the children about the love of Jesus.